Just Fantasy Baseball, back for week two. I'm your host, Colby Olson, as always, joined here by Clay Snowden. Uh, we have some some sad news to start today's episode, Clay, because O'Neill Cruz um, actually broke his ankle on a slide into home plate today, um, was clearly down in, in a lot of pain, and then a brawl broke out, which I actually haven't even seen the video of yet. I need to yeah. see that, but... Um, I mean, the, the word brawl is also uh, very overused because it's more like the bench is cleared and people yelled at each other. But regardless, sad player. news for, for O'Neill Cruz owners because O'Neill was was really turning into a fantasy stud, a guy with 30 home run power, 30 stolen base upside. The, the plate discipline looked to be improving. Um, just an electric player. He has the hardest hit ball of all time. 122.4 miles an hour or something like that. So a broken ankle should probably put him on the shelf for the rest of the season, right? I don't know how long, but definitely a long time. And the play was a little bit, you know, it happened last week as well where O'Neill Cruz was going into third base. And I, I think the word re- reckless is maybe a little aggressive to use, but um, an aggressive slide into third, kind of tweaked something, you know, took him a minute to get up. And now we saw him going into home plate. It wasn't exactly the most natural looking slide that the throw to home kind of pulled the White Sox catcher into the base pass a little bit, but it was kind of awkward. And the fight started because the catcher for the White Sox said um, some choice language, pretty much saying like, what was that? Like, what, what was that slide, man? And, Carlos Santana didn't fair, like that. It was a very late slide. Yeah, it was it was a little awkward. So, um, but you know, hopefully he heals soon because that's a big marketing plug for baseball. Fantastic player and just a, a great fantasy asset as well. Yeah, clearly, clearly. I mean, all we can do here at just fantasy baseball though is how how do an how does an O'Neill owner handle this news? Who do they pick up? Um, I actually do own O'Neill in a 12 team keeper league and um, really don't have, I don't have much shortstop depth. I have Anthony Volpe who has been struggling mightily to begin this year, which, you know, you, you can kind of expect that to happen with most rookies. Um, even the best rookies, Adley, Julio, whoever struggles in the first two weeks to a month of their careers. Most of the time. I mean, it's pretty much a guarantee that they're going to struggle when they come up, no matter how they did in spring training. It's a different ball game once opening day starts and you're seeing some, a, a real major leaguer in every single at bat. Um, so Volpe has been struggling. So I think I'm going to have to handle it a different way. And a player I want to bring up, if you're looking to replace um, O'Neill, you know, replace the steals that he's going to bring to your team, replace some of the power that he's going to bring to, to your team. Bryce Terang is a very interesting option. Um, we, we mentioned him before the season as a, you know, sl- a deep sleeper option, and he's done nothing but perform in a very limited sample size to begin this year. 23 plate appearances. He's hitting 316 with 13% K rate, a 17% walk rate. He's hit a home run. He's stolen two bags. Um, he plays great defense. The, this Brewers team is is got to be in love with this guy. 
all around player. Um, and I really do think that he could, he, he could steal 20 plus bags. Yeah. And it, throughout the minors, he showed the ability to walk and not strike out. So I think that those numbers are not some fluke, even though it is a small sample size, like you mentioned, speed last year in AAA, 34 stolen bases and 13 home runs. He was pretty good through, through the first, you know, 2019 and 2021 and double A before he, he had triple A last year and really looked good um, in 2022. So a 108 WRC plus in 2022 in AAA. And so far, like you said, home run, two stolen bases. And these Brewers rookies, Garrett Mitchell, um, Joey Weimer, and then the, the, the little bit of a resurgence from Brian Anderson, who's playing outfield and third base eligibility as well in fantasy. I mean, there's some interesting bats that no one's really picking up yet. People are starting to. So if you have any of those names in your free agency, I mean, it's worth a look for sure. Yeah, so Garrett Mitchell is the the one guy on that list that has been really scooped up. He's owned in 58% of Yahoo leagues, probably um, a, a bit less than that in ESPN leagues. But I mean, Mitchell has gotten off to a roaring, roaring start. The interesting thing about Garrett Mitchell, though, he's hit three home runs this year. He's not known as a power hitter, never really has been. Um, he's hit three home runs in seven games this year. What he's known for is stealing bases. Has he stole a base yet this year? No, he has not stolen a base yet, which is just very, very interesting. Um, I would look for him to hit less home runs and steal more, but that's a guy that that could be a really uh, popular addition coming soon in, in 10 teamers and eight team leagues. Um, a guy I want to bring up too, you mentioned him there too, Clay, is Joey Weimer, who um, made his debut um, on opening day. No, the day after opening day, he got called up. Um he got a, he's had a hit in every single one of his games. He has really crazy raw power. Um, he hasn't struck out much as a 11% strikeout rate, 11% walk rate in 27 plate appearances the, thus far. Um, Weimer is an interesting fantasy option um, as the season goes on, because if he works his way into like the fifth and sixth hole of this lineup with his power and speed ability and ability to not strike out at a high rate, he could be a really interesting fantasy option. I think he's more of a wait and see at this point, but if you're in a 12 team league and you have some injuries in the outfield, maybe think about it. 14 team leagues, definitely start thinking about it. Um, but he's definitely a, a deeper option. I did want to touch on Anthony Volpe there for a second too, because um, I think he could be a potential buy low. If, if you're, if an owner is scared of his start to the year, um and you just lost O'Neill Cruz not a bad guy to put out some feelers for and see if um you can grab Volpe at a at a really at a discount I mean he's already stolen three bases in eight games um he struggled obviously 34 percent K rate but he's still walking 14 percent K rate walk rate that is um I would expect him to settle in I think this is just a normal these are just normal growing pains that rookies go through um, so yeah, definitely send out some feelers for Anthony Volpe as well. Clay, um, I'm going to throw it over to you. So yeah, we didn't really preface what this episode is gonna be. It's usually, it's our usual Sunday, Monday, um, waiver wire episode and streaming options for this week. Um, so we're just going to talk about some guys there, Terang, Weimer, Mitchell, obviously three guys that we're very interested in. Um, but Clay, I'll throw it over to you for, for anybody that you want to, um, highlight. 
Yeah, so I have two outfielders and um, another player as well who who we'll get to. But the first two outfielders I want to mention is Miles Straw, who is owned in enough leagues that he may not be in your league. So Straw, as you know, is going to steal bases, and he's already showing that this season. It's something that he's always been able to do. The issue has been getting on base. He already has six steals this year, and I think he could – Honestly, being in contention for one of the most, you know, top, top of the um, charts and stolen bases in the MLB. Um, the biggest issue with him is in the past. He, so he has no power, right? No home runs last year at all. I think Cleveland has had one home run from a center fielder in the past calendar year. I, I think I heard that somewhere. But when he's putting the ball in play, he's going to get on base at the high enough clip it wasn't that long 2021 he batted 271 to 349 on base so if he can get there you're going to get your stolen bases and he's not going to strike out much but the player I want to mention for deeper leagues is actually Victor Robles who I know everyone's bought into him at some point in time it feels like and when's he going to do this and the other he's only like eight years ago yeah you know he's only 26 doesn't it feel like he's just been around forever? The Nationals loved calling up 20-year-olds back then. But um, so far in this season, 370, 469, 444. Now that's 33 plate appearances, right? Um, a guy who's stolen 28 bags in the past has one steal so far this year, but he's not striking out as much to begin the, the season, which is a great sign. And uh, he's walking a little bit more, but re- really what I found interesting is just the, um, the, the contacts up a little bit in terms of hard hit, but he's not just driving it into the ground every single time, which, um, you know, ha- has been a bit frustrating in the past for him. So um, he's owned in like 1% of leagues is why I bring him up. He's off to a hot enough start that if you're in a super deep league, He's worth the flyer. Genuinely, how deep? I'm uh, genuinely. I play in a 14 team league, and I wouldn't even touch him. You wouldn't touch him in a 14. I wouldn't touch him, and here's why. I'll give I'll give some reason why. One, the hard hit rate for him does not entice me. You, it is higher than before when he's had a 26 percent hard hit rate for his basically his entire career. Yeah, it's up to 36 percent this year. He doesn't even have a barrel on the season though. That concerns me. Um. What does concern me, though, is that how much do we actually care about one-dimensional steel guys this year? Because I feel like steals are much easier to come across this year. Um, a lot more guys are stealing, and even the guys that are regular 20 to 30 steel guys are stealing more. Um, so it doesn't seem like I need to go out of my way to get a one-dimensional steel guy. Yeah, and, and you know, my lineup they- is so bad. Maybe, yeah, and it is a bad lineup. And again, we're talking about a 1% owned player. It's just an an option for a deeper league. Miles Straw would be the guy. I just really don't even think you, you can get deep enough. Maybe. We'll we'll see. If we'll he keep can. him I mean, on the watch list, Clay. We'll keep yeah, him he's hitting well right now. Um, from what I've seen, it it looks better than it has in the past. Now he's he needs to – so right now he's still hitting the ball into the ground, but the few hits – Uh, that have gone over 100 miles per hour are actually good line drives, which in the past, that was not the case. So, like, I'm just saying there's a chance. Let's at least put him on a watch list. We can put him on a watch list for you. That might be as far as I go this year. But, well, let's watch it. Let's come come back to it. I I think it's interesting. Let's see if the 
the changes that he's making continue. Um, I just worry that it's it's one dimensional. Like you're only in it for the steals, and he only has one steal. Like I think there's other guys out there that I I would that deep that I would consider. Like I think Joey Weimer, who is available, should be available in most leagues, even 14 team leagues, um, is a much better option because he's going to give you plenty of steals, but also plenty of power to go with that. Um, Clay, I'm going to move over. I know last episode we talked a lot about the closer market, um, but we missed on a couple guys, I think. Um, I want to talk about a role this Chapman first. And then I also want to talk about um, Pierce Johnson, who is on the Rockies now. But let me start with Chapman because Chapman looks back. He's throwing the hardest he's thrown since 2017 when he averaged 100 miles an hour on his fastball. His fastball is averaging 99 miles an hour right now. Um, so far this season, he has four scoreless appearances. He's walked just one batter in those four appearances, and he struck out eight in those four appearances. So he's throwing harder than he has in six years. The slider's up to 89. The fastball's over 100, well over 100, up to 102, where he hasn't been in years. And the control is back. Now, does he have the closer role locked down? No, because Scott Barlow is there. Um, but he did pick up his first save today. And I think if you need a speculative closer ad, he is a must add. He's owned in 39% of Yahoo leagues right now. Um, but if you're in a league where it counts holds and saves, I, he's a must add. I'm I'm spending five to $6 on him uh, out of my $100 budget this week, because I, I really think that the way he looks right now, I mean, I have no reason to believe that, that that's going to change. So I like this move because... First off, he's in a low-pressure situation. He's not in New York. He doesn't have that massive contract, and there's no one breathing down his neck. And like, like you said, he's not even in the closer role permanently. He's not cemented there. But let's say he gets to that point. You're buying in now, hoping that he can get there. And let's be honest, the Royals are not – he's not in their long-term plans. So if you get him on your roster now, and the injury happens – Maybe he gets traded to a contender. Like, it's very possible. It's The contract's kind of set up that way, where it's easy to move him. I think that, that, that that's a really good pickup and somebody who could potentially be added to a better team and have more save. Oh, he'll be in Queens by July. <laughs> he'll be in Queens. You think so? I think so. I could see that. I could really see that. It would be funny because I know that Steve Cohen loves to spite the Yankees. I I genuinely think that having Chapman on the Yankees would be <laughs> hilarious. Would be hilarious. Um, Pierce Johnson, though, is another guy I want to talk about because he picked up his third save of the year today. Am I seeing this right, Clay? His third save of the year today. Pierce Johnson stepping in for Daniel Bard, and he's looked really good. He's genuinely looked really good. He struck out two, then three, then two in his first three appearances. Didn't strike out anybody today. Yielded a walk, but didn't give up any hits. Scoreless ninth for his third save of the year. And shockingly, he's only owned in 43% of Yahoo leagues. So this is a must add for me because he has nasty stuff, nasty slider that can play in cores, much like Daniel Bard um, had a, like a crazy season last year where he had a year in the, in the ones and what do you have like 30 something saves 
I see yeah. no reason why Pierce Johnson couldn't load up on a bunch of saves early in the year. Um, and Bard is without a timetable to return. We don't even know if he's going to return this year. So Pierce Johnson, I could see his ownership go from 43% to 80% really, really fast. Yeah. And Daniel Bard, like, like you said, even if he does return, like. Is he going to be put back in the ninth inning? I don't know. Yeah. Like if, if Pierce Johnson's pitching well, I would not give it to Daniel Bard. who's really not that great of a pitcher, to be honest with you. He's not. Um, so I, I love that move. Um, the last waiver wire pickup I have is G1 Bay for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And this is part of the, okay, like, you know, O'Neill Cruz goes down. Who's going to play short? Is it going to be Castro? Is it going to be Bay? Um, but Bay has played outfield. He's played second base. And now if he can add shortstop eligibility, you you can add a pretty damn good player who has a high contact rate. He's not going to strike out much. He's going to put the ball in play. He's not off to this, like, magnificent start that everyone's picking him up right away. Um, 259, 286, 444 slash line. But throughout the minors, this guy's done nothing but hit. This guy's just a, fan, a fantastic bat-to-ball type profile. I don't know how much power he has, but he will bring speed. 30 stolen bags last year in AAA, 20 the year before in AA in only 83 games. So you can get somebody who's potentially going to have a high average, multiple position flexibility, and steal bases. Yeah, I think he's built for 5 by 5 leagues. Um, especially after O'Neill Cruz going down, he, he could definitely – um, find himself hitting higher in this lineup. He's hit, you know, eighth, seventh in this lineup. I wonder if they shot shade him over to shortstop at all. Um, I know that they're going to be calling up. Um, oh crap, who are they calling up? Marcano. Um, yeah, Tupu Tupusita Marcano. I probably butchered that, but it's okay. That's a name that you're built to butcher. Jack Jack and Mullen would get that one because he's calling games for for Marcano's club, the Indianapolis Indians right now. Um, but Clay, I wanted to bring up one last name for waivers, and then I have just one streaming option this week. The early slate for this streaming week is <laughs> pretty pretty brutal. It's so bad. Like any of the guys that like we would usually be interested in streaming are all playing good teams. Um, but I have an, a crazy guy to bring up. Chris Bubich. Dealt today. He dealt today. Nine strikeouts over six innings. And then you look at the individual pitch mix. It's crazy. He His velocity on the year is up over a mile and a half mile per hour. Uh, 1.5 miles per hour over last season. Um, everything is up velocity wise. Change up is up. Curveball is up. Slider is up, and the whiffs are up too. He got seven whiffs on sixteen swings on his fastball. That's a forty-four percent whiff rate. That's crazy. Then you go to his changeup: five whiffs on fourteen swings. Curveball: five whiffs on eight swings. Slider: two whiffs on four swings. For an overall whiff rate of forty-five percent on the day. And this is playing a, a Giants team that honestly doesn't whiff that much. So, I mean, Bubich in his first start looked great. And then you're going to go six innings, nine strikeouts. This is a former, you know, top prospect with some upside here. He's owned in 2% of leagues. Um, 
I would be willing to take a flyer on him. Why not? I, I like that. It's a it's it's a little out there, you know, especially because I feel like none of us have a good memory of Chris Bubich. But you know, if you need somebody to take a flyer on, and like Colby said, these are not good streaming options this week. Not early in the week, at least, and um, we're 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 kind of reaching right now for some. We're kind of reaching and. The one that I want to bring up is Kyle Moeller, who is for the Oakland Athletics, who if you've not looked at the Athletics team recently, it's pretty bad. Like, I think they went 11-0, or they lost 11-0 and then 9-0 in back-to-back days to the race. Um, But he's actually pitched pretty well. He's been the best pitcher for Oakland, which, again, not saying much. Um, five innings, his first outing against the Angels, a good team, and four hits, one run, one walk, three strikeouts. Next outing, Cleveland, a good team, five five and two-thirds, four hits, two runs. Now three walks kind of hurt him, but five five strikeouts. I think he's done well, and he's not going to be great, but again, we're talking about a streamer here. Um He's he's using his slider a little bit more to start the year and his fastball a little bit more as well. And um, I just have to say this because it's it's funny to me, but similar pitchers pitchers to Kyle Muller based on velocity and movement. Twenty twenty one Robbie Ray. It's just so funny to see that on there. It also has like twenty twenty one Tucker Davidson. So it's like I don't know, and Eric Lauer's on that list as well, Mackenzie Gore. But um, overall, I've watched both of his starts. And he's looked efficient. And that's usually what I look for in a streamer is someone who can just come in and do well, not awesome, but somebody who, who if you're in a points league, can get you 10 points. And who do they get? Who are the A's playing? The A's are playing Baltimore. That is a dangerous matchup, but I don't. Grayson Rodriguez on the mound. That's Tuesday, April 11th. It's an interesting matchup because the Brewers' offense has been rolling. Um, but Muller, you're right, Clay, has has looked good. I do like that he's throwing that slider more because that slider was a, a lethal pitch for him last year. 45% whiff rate on that pitch last year. Um, he's increased um, usage of that pitch this year to 31%. Um, and the, gra- the fastball is a ground ball machine. He's allowing 59% ground balls this year. I mean, I don't know how sustainable that is, but... Yeah, I don't I don't hate it, man. And in what is a very weak streaming week, if you're looking for an option, I think that is definitely one of the better ones on the board right now. Um because and, and the option, it. I think Baltimore's a good team, don't get me wrong, but he's a lefty. So is you know, Cedric Mullins lefty. Anthony Sant- um Santander is not playing well to begin the season. Um Gunnar Henderson's in there and you know a rookie. It's a young team. It's a team with with some left-handed bats in it that um, I could see it going five. You know, if you get five innings, a run or two, like I think I'd be really happy with that. Um, maybe, maybe he goes six and three runs. Quality start. All right, I have one option this week, and it's in a guy that you gave last week. Um, but he's owned in forty-three percent of Yahoo leagues, so. I don't really know if you can get him or not, but if you can, I really like him this week. David Peterson, um, he gets the Padres, and you might be hearing that and go, whoa, that's kind of scary. Padres, they have not hit well against lefties so far this year. And as I say that, 
we're recording as Sunday night baseball is going on. They're up four to nothing on the Braves and Dylan Dodd and Nelson Cruz just hit a three run home run. So maybe I'll eat my words on that one a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but I think David Peterson is a very, very serviceable streaming option. And he might be even more than that, to be honest. Um, he got beat up by Milwaukee a little bit. He walked five guys, gave up five hits, still struck out five. I think it was just an off day at the office for him. Five walks does not sound like a typical David Peterson start. Um, so I am going to bet that David Peterson bounces back against the Padres. Um, I think that's as good of a streaming option as you're going to get in the beginning of this week because there's really not much else out there that I love. Yeah, the only other name is always a streaming option. That's Jordan Lyles, just because you know he could get, he could at least go out there and give you some innings. Like that's just what he does, and he seems like an option on worse weeks if you absolutely need a start. Maybe now he just gave up five runs in his last outing. I'm not telling yeah, you. To you go better to this. pray to the heavens when you start Jordan Lyles. He struck out nine against Toronto. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's times that he flashes, and he's almost always available. Like, he is a back pocket streaming option all the time because it's it's very possible he goes six innings, three, four runs. Dude, this like, is a, this start is not beautiful. This start is ridiculous. Five point two innings, five earned runs, two home runs given up, not a single walk, and nine strikeouts. What is that? You're not sure whether to be happy or sad. Yeah, I tweeted out a picture of Jordan Jordan Lyles' um, percentage of don't pick up Boobich. Don't waste your time with Lyles. (laughs) Percentage of pitches and how he's used them over the years, and it is truly art. It is ridiculous. Go look it up on Baseball Savant if you're a sicko. No, I mean I am a sicko, so I'm gonna go look out right now. What 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 am I looking for? Just like how he's changed. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The guy is bipolar with how he uses his pitches. That's what happens, I guess, when you jump from team to team and a pitching coach says, oh, we're going to use this more. We're going to use this less. And, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. You kind of have to wonder, like, maybe if he's stuck with one pitching coach and one team, if he could figure something out. But I don't think he's going to figure anything out, and I'm going to stay far away. But Chris Rubin, I'm telling you Chris Bubich, it could be intriguing. I'm going to hold off until he faces the Braves because he gets the Braves next, and that's a that's a big test, and I don't expect him to pass that test. But if he does, I mean, that's a big one. If he passes that, then I, I might be all aboard. One last note. We are right at that point where it's about nine games in, right? Players like Jordan Walker, who are listed as a third baseman, will get eligibility with the next game in outfield. So if you've been watching a player who now has nine games played in one position that's not their primary position, they will gain that. So that also means a player that's been playing maybe seven games at second base or whatever it may be, may want to add them now if if you're in a deep league, especially and you need positional flexibility from a player now is the time to think about adding them right before everyone notices they're getting that extra position. Great point, Clay. Great point. So, yeah, that's our little waiver wire streaming episode this week. Um, definitely going to – I think it's going to be a three-episode week this week. So we're going to dive into some guys and uh, dive into some of these cold starts, see if we're 
buying or selling some of these cold starts and then um we'll get you a weekend streamer episode and um it just fill you in on all the latest fantasy baseball talk clay and i will catch you next time enjoy the rest of your week everybody adios